1931, the world was horrified by the motion picture Frankenstein. In 1935, horror turned to terror with the bride of Frankenstein. In 1990, the makers of Basket Case and Brain Damage bring you... Want a date? Frankenhooker. Jeffrey Franken has a plan. I just want to bring him back. He has the ingenuity. I need female body parts. He has everything he needs, except the raw materials. Just hold still. Excellent. Oh, my God. Bunyan! Wow! Jeffrey's creation is alive. Looking for some action? Oh, yeah! He's sexy. On a date, you going out? I'm on my way home, but uh, thanks anyway. I, uh... And she's so jerked to please. Listen, I'm looking for a very tall, attractive woman. She's purple. She's got fresh bars on her. She's in the bar! Now, a motion picture like no other. <laughs> a tender story of love and romance. Want a date? A gripping tale of lust and revenge. <laughs> Frank and Hogan. Incredible. Some assembly may be required. Wonderful. Elizabeth. Want a date? Going out? Looking for some action? Need some company? No, wait, wait. Huh? It's it's Jeffrey. Jeffrey. Got any money? Money? No, I don't I don't have any money. Ugh. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Two Peas on a Pod Podcast. I'm Jason. I'm here as always is my co-host Dale, and today we're going to be doing kind of a tag team review of a film uh, called Frankenhooker, and this is, uh, I thought it'd be kind of cool if I picked a film that Dale hadn't seen and we could both watch it together and talk about it, so we're going to do that today, but uh, first we're going to get into some news and recent watches and all that good stuff, but uh, before we do that, I wanted to ask everyone if uh, if you have any comments on the show, please please leave a comment on our blog or on Twitter. Any you know recommendations, anything you want us to talk about, any movies you want us to watch, anything like that, we'd really appreciate it. But uh, we'll go and get into some news here. Um, first thing I wanted to mention: uh, Peter Jackson wants Guillermo del Toro to direct a new King Kong movie. Have you heard about that? Well, I didn't. I knew they were making the movie. I didn't realize that's who we wanted to do it. Yeah, Skull, Skull Island apparently is what it's called. It's a prequel. This is a prequel. Okay. Jack Black plays everything. <laughs> oh, they don't have the money to, to get Jack Black anymore. They can't afford him. He's too rich for their blood. But uh, I don't know, man. Del Toro's got his plate full for the next what three, four, five years at least. Yeah, because he's got Crimson Peak coming out soon. He's got Crimson Peak coming, and then he's got another Pacific Rim, and yeah. He's got another couple projects that he's going to do another small project uh, similar to like Pan's Labyrinth or something. Also, he's he kind of that here, or like in Spain. I, I hope he does it in Spain or Mexico, really, as I like all his stuff he does over there. But um, I don't know. I don't know. I guess he. I guess it's possible, but he's going to be a busy dude. As you know, that's going to be a that movie's probably going to take at least a year or two. Oh, I don't use that, that new. Uh, King Kong, but you know, I know a lot of people are mixed on the on the King Kong remake from two thousand five. Yeah, it's been nine like years now. And, uh, I, I never really cared for it. I still don't, for m- multiple reasons. But uh, 
I talked to some people recently that really enjoyed it, so I, I was kind of was kind of surprised. I didn't know anybody liked it. I I like it. I just uh, I have I do have issues with it. I totally understand people's problems with it. Yeah. There are stupid parts to it, and then there's too much oh, to yeah. it. It's too much. It's too long. Um, you could tell Jackson loved the property, but he yeah. just smothered it to yeah. death. Well, and that, that CGI is kind of wonky today, too. It doesn't hold up very well. Uh, well, it's too much. Like, I think he could have had just select, a select few scenes, concentrate on that, he would have been fine. Sure. Cut down the T-Rex thing to one. Yeah. You know, how many was it? Three? Three, yeah. Uh, which is ridiculous. And then you have the uh, scene in the uh, chasm, you know, which was cut out of the original... Mm-hmm. You know, so he just had to do it. No, yeah. But it, it was, it was retarded. How you have somebody with one of those huge crickets on his back, <laughs> and another guy shooting the cricket to pieces with that machine gun yeah. or Tommy gun, and it's not hurting the guy. Um, the one thing I thought that Peter Jackson's calling got better than the original, and I'm sure I'm going to get shit for this is the relationship between Anne and Kong. Mm-hmm. Because in this one, you actually... Anne actually cares about Kong. Yeah. I don't care what anybody says about yeah. the original. They always talk about that relationship with yeah. the original. Anne was scared shitless right. of Kong right. the entire time. There was no relationship. He just wanted to, you know, put stuff in her the whole yeah. damn time. Um, so I thought this one worked with that better because when Kong died... You felt for him. You, you did. I mean, he was... Kong himself was really cool in it. It was just... Uh, and I love the island. I love what they did with Skull Island. Uh, yeah, I like the island, too. I've got a book. It's beautiful. It's it's all about the flora and fauna of Skull Island. Yeah. It's got all the concepts for all the creatures in there. Yeah. Explaining them. Giant spiders, you know, the dinosaurs. Is this, this is a new book? This? this came out when, when that oh, book Oh, really? Came out. Okay. And uh, it's beautiful. It's great stuff. You know, I can appreciate all that without, you know, loving the movie, which I don't. Yeah. And then if you watch the extended cut, it's an extra, like, cut, like, 45 Man. minutes or so. Fucking it's too much. It's the same thing he did with The Lord of the Rings. Peter Jackson does extended cuts, man. I can't handle it. Those movies are too long to me anyway. I mean, just personally. But, but you know what everybody's saying now that they talk about this new movie. Now everybody's talking about Godzilla versus. King Kong. King Kong. I do not want to see that happen. Yeah. No, I don't think it would be. I don't think it would turn. It doesn't make any sense. No. It didn't make any sense back in no. 1962. It was fun. I enjoyed the original, but uh, I don't know. I could see him doing it though. I mean, it, if it would sell some tickets, they would definitely do it. Well, with Legendary, you know, Godzilla was the last film Legendary did with Warner Brothers. Right now, they are with Universal. Right, which is so. If if it's going to happen, it's going to happen now. Oh, uh, they'll make the. Uh, They'll finish out this trilogy and possibly do uh, King Kong versus Godzilla. I just don't know how the hell they're going to do it. I mean, Kong just jumping from building to building and Godzilla destroys an entire city trying to get to him. It just... I don't know. I mean, I, I just don't see it working. I don't I don't see it working either, but I definitely could see it happening. Stranger things have happened. but They have. I just don't know if they'll shrink Godzilla from... You know, it's 300 plus feet yeah. to King Kong's 20, 25 feet. Make, make King Kong bigger. Which they did before. That's all you got to do. Uh, 
I don't know what they're going to give him a serum or something. I read something where somebody says that Caesar from Planet of the Apes gives King Kong a serum oh, that yeah. makes him huge and sends him out to destroy the world. Is that the that's the fan uh, remake? That's what that's what they should do. Yeah, just go balls out with it. <laughs> well, uh, let's see. The uh, Guardians of the Galaxy starts tonight, technically. Yeah. So, uh, you have any? Feelings on that one? You gonna check that out? I don't know. I don't know anything about the comic, really. I've never been a big comic person. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've been reading reviews, you know, uh, talking about how good it is. Now, there are people saying it's this generation Star Wars, which is ridiculous. That's a pretty big claim to make, you know. <laughs> that was, that was what.com. That was, you know. Some stupid website, I'm sure, that said that. Oh, yeah. As, as no, so, or just to get hits. Yeah. You know. Well, to get your name on a fucking poster. Or well, that's or what they're going to put yeah. up on And there, cool you know? news, right? Yeah. That would be <laughs> one of them, yeah. That, that's one of your favorite websites, I think. I get I get a lot of laughs on uh, any cool news. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, now, I mean, we might as well go ahead and talk about uh, San Diego Comic-Con was... Last week, I think. This past week. I think so. And uh, lots of stuff came out of that. I think the main thing I hear people talking about is the Mad Max trailer. Yeah. Have you seen that? Fear Road. I watched a lot of it yesterday. Yeah. It, uh, it looks pretty cool. I, you know, I was interested in the film anyway. I know a lot of people were instantly shitting on it because, you know, it has a whole different uh, concept behind it. A whole different uh, crew. A whole different, you know, directors, writers, everything. But I don't know. I, you know, I enjoy that that universe, and I'm always open to another movie. And that, you know, I love the Doomsday. You know, the post-apocalyptic. post-apocalyptic yeah. Now, is this one was this one made in Australia? I don't think it was. I could be wrong, but I think that was one of the main complaints, and that would be one of my complaints if that's true as well. Well, uh, the big complaint I'm hearing is you know, lack of Mel Gibson. Yeah. But that's just gonna happen, you know. Putting Mel Gibson in a movie right now is is, is a fucking uh, I don't know, not a very feasible thing to do. Even though I'm glad he is gonna he's gonna be in the Expendables four mm-hmm. or some shit, or is he in the new one, the third one? Yeah, three. okay. That'd be cool. I mean, I mean, I don't necessarily agree with that, but I, I know that's you know Hollywood. You don't talk shit about Jews and work in Hollywood anymore, pretty much. <laughs> well, I mean, if people who have a record. You know, like, uh, I guess Belansky right. can get away, and, and he's just beloved. People lick his ass every damn day. Uh, I mean, they're going to town on his butt. Yeah. They love him. No doubt. And, uh, <laughs> you know, and then you've got Woody Allen, which I don't know if those allegations are true or not. I'm not saying that they are. But still, just with those allegations, a lot of other people would have been thrown out. They don't want right. to deal with that, you know? But Mel Gibson says this. And, uh, I think the media has crucified him, as yeah, opposed yeah. to the other two you mentioned. The media, they're, they're you know, you know, they media loves those guys. They're their darlings, you know. Woody Allen's a, a darling in Hollywood, you know, regardless of what he did to whoever, you know. I mean, and who really cares if it's true at this point? I mean, uh, but as far as the statutory rape goes with uh, Roman Polanski, you know, if it's true. You know, he, he should have done his time, gone to jail. I mean, he obviously it's true, or he wouldn't have jumped. You know, ran, yeah, he left for a reason. Country and, 
Is um, he allowed to come back here now? No. No, they okay. will get him. Good. I mean, that's... I mean, you or I did that. They do the same fucking thing to us. So I, th- well, I yeah. think it's, it's got to apply to everyone. But well, I mean, just, whether or not it's true, you know, whether or not you know, get into arguments over whether or not the the, the young girl wanted it or how, whatever. I think is, is kind of what he says. But I mean, I really could care less. I think the guy's a somewhat talented filmmaker. You know, not not so much in recent years. But I mean, you got to obey the law. You know, go do a year in prison or whatever, man. That, it's statutory rape. They're not going to give you some big thing. They'll probably just find the hell out of you and give you some probation or something, you know? That's what would have happened with him. I just... If you're going to vilify one person for something, you know, don't... That's hypocrisy there. That's what I'm saying. You know, yeah, Mel Gibson wasn't agree. called like... The, you know, tearing ass or a preschool or anything like that, like Polanski probably would have been. But he, he didn't do that. <laughs> you know, it, he didn't do that. He said a bunch of stupid shit. He did. Sure, sure. I don't agree with what he said. Right. But uh, well, dude, dude yeah. obviously has some mental, you know, mental issues he does. and probably he substance abuse problems. Yeah, he did. Yeah. He still has it. Yeah. He, but, I like Gibson. I do. I do too. And. Um, I just think the media is just... It's like everything else these days. When they find something that sells, they run with it. And when you post something constantly, 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 people think it's way more you know, inflated than it actually is. Which is why you can't yeah. you can't believe what you read or see on the news. Just because well, it's, it's all about hits. It's all bullshit. I mean, it's, all, it's, it's not the truth. It's you know glamorized to the point where they want to sell papers and mm-hmm. ad revenue, whatever. But uh, anyway... Back to Mad Max Fury Road, coming out in 2015. Uh, it, it is filmed in Australia, I'm seeing. So, Oh, cool. Okay. So that's, that, that's good news. And well, that's looking, the best place to film, man. I'm looking forward to, see a, to seeing a bulge of Charlize Theron. That's right. She is, and I forgot she was. Tom Hardy, Zoe Kravitz. Oh. And a bunch of other folks I've never heard of. What's the budget on it? Fuck, I'm sure it's through the roof. Uh, 100 million is what it's saying. Oh, here. really? Okay. Uh, so this is going to be a big, big budget blockbuster at some point. Going to be coming out probably summertime 2015. Oh, May 15th, I'm saying. Oh, okay. Then so, they'll remake uh, Beyond Thunderdome right after that. <laughs> I would watch the remake of Beyond Thunderdome. <laughs> Uh, only if Mel Gibson's in it, though. And Tina Turner. And Tina Turner. Um, but uh, we can go ahead and get into some horror news here. Uh, the Universal Monsters universe. Have you heard about this? They've uh, apparently the you know what what Marvel's done with with their characters. They're they're trying to do something similar with the Universal Monsters and trying to put them all in one big movie. Which I think they already did that. It was called Monster Squad. Uh, they also did it, and it was called Van Helsing. <laughs> oh, that didn't shit. work at Don't all. Don't bring that up. Um, I, as somebody who loves the old Universal things, yeah. I also understand the '40s Universal did it to yeah. death. Yeah. You know, with Frankenstein meets Wolfman and so on and so forth. I don't have high hopes for that. I don't know what they'll do. You know how they'll do it and still have something like <clears throat> you look at. Uh, Wait, Wolfman. Wolfman sucked ass. Absolutely it did. You know, I don't know if they'll make it like a period piece. Right. Or 
bring it forward to now. I don't. Whichever thing they do, I don't see it being good. I hope I'm wrong. I I hope I'm wrong. I hope it's amazing, but I'm seeing it it failing miserably. Well, I mean, what are they going to do? Why say Dracula at this point? What are they going to do with that? Vampires have been done to death right now. People don't want to see a. I'm going to drink your blood. You know, they don't want to see that anymore. Well, they want to see Dracula like you did in Blade 3. They want to see fucking uh, dude from the Twilight movies, you know. Yeah, exactly. Edward or whatever. They want to see a young, you know, prepubescent boy, you know, prance around with his tights on and, you know, kiss goth chicks. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, I just... I... Like, like, these people... These properties need older people... To play them, I don't see how you can have like twenty somethings. What's our older twenties? I, I, I don't see this going anywhere. No, I, I don't see it working out for them. Uh, maybe this is one of those examples of them just throwing throwing some news out there and seeing the perceptions of it. And maybe they do that a lot. There's, there's a lot of weird shit you read online these days. It just disappears. It disappears. You never hear about it again. Um, um no, it's been. How many years has it been since they've done anything like that, though? I mean, they haven't done anything like that since the 1940s. And, uh, I'm... Granted, that's been, what, what's it, 2010s now? It's been 40, 70-some years ago now, <laughs> at this point. If they're going to redo it time-wise, it's fine. Mm-hmm. I don't see a problem with yeah. that. I just don't know how it's, it's really going to work, you know, with Frankenstein monster, Wolfman, creature, mummy. I don't see that working today, but you know, I'm sure somebody would said the same thing when they made the Monster Squad, you know. And it, you know, it worked then. But I just don't. I just think the audience is is. It's going to be too tame for the modern audience. I think they're they're going to be expecting something that the Universal monsters are not. I think if they do anything like that, they need to be low budget. Sure. films sure. for an older audience like <clears throat> you look at the Hammer Horrors you know they did that stuff mm-hmm. in the uh, late 50s 60s and early 70s yeah. they got away with it they did it well it was all low budget and stories like that don't need a bunch of CGI shit yeah. you know they can, you can set it in an old haunted house somewhere right. if you do it well on a small budget it's going to be good yeah well, it's like you said, you know, when you when you do the big budget thing, you get Van Helsing. Yeah, yeah, I was. I, I saw Van Helsing opening weekend. The whole need to CGI people's mouths to open up to where like snakes to where they can swallow yeah. like six watermelons at one time. Yeah, that 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 sucked in Van Helsing and ruined I Am Legend for me because yeah. those things were were dog shit. We, we could talk about I Am Legend for probably an hour. Well, I mean, it's lack of Jaden Smith is what really hurt it. Though. Really did. I, I think every every movie needs a dose of Jaden. <laughs> Call it the Jaden touch. But uh, uh, okay, the Evil Dead TV, uh, TV series. Have you heard about that? I've heard about that. And Bruce Campbell is going to be in it, the savior of the Evil Dead franchise. It's. I mean, everybody's so shocked. I mean, Bruce Campbell likes to get paid. That's his main thing. Burn notice is over. His cash cow is over. He's going to do three conventions and charge $700 a fucking autograph or whatever the hell he's going to do. But he needs some money. 
And I just think this... They're trying to cash in on the popularity of horror TV right now. Well, yeah. But... But they're... I think they're... By constantly bringing in, like, say, Campbell and all that, mm-hmm. the uh, the property, if they're going to keep going with it, can't flourish. It's just going to be stuck in that rut. I think uh, that that's the reason why the, the remake worked okay for what it was, because it didn't have Campbell in yeah. it. Because it was a whole separate idea. I mean, similar you know similar premise, but they, they did a lot of things that weren't in the original film. Which I, you know... You know... I didn't enjoy the remake. I do need to watch it again, but but th- there were parts of it that I liked. Well, aren't they uh, talking about doing another Texas Chainsaw? Are they? Oh, that's Shit, something I don't about know, that. Man. That wouldn't surprise me. Rebooting it yet again? That wouldn't surprise me. They just they just did one what a year year probably a year and a half ago. Texas. I thought I read something about that. I may be totally wrong. You could be wrong. I mean, you could be right. Uh, Texas Chainsaw 3D is the one they just did. It was just Texas Chainsaw. It wasn't Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. Because Massacre means, uh, you know, September 11th. <laughs> oh, did you hear about that? Uh, the new Ninja Turtles movie? Uh, the poster? The, the Ninja Turtles poster? Everybody was talking about it. reminded them of September 11th. Wow. I'm going to have to pull that up, but uh, while we look for that, uh, Scanners, you remember the movie Scanners? Yeah. Well, there's now a new series proposed for that, so that, that should be interesting, huh? Is Cronenberg going to be involved? Uh, not that I know of. It's, uh... How far uh, do they plan to go with this? It's supposed to be Alexander Aja is going to be at the helm of this one. As, as producer, you know, he, he did, uh, I know he did uh, High Tension, and he also did Mirrors, and, oh. you know, the remake of uh, The Hills Have Eyes. That, that's what I was trying to think of. So, uh, yeah, this, that, I don't know, I think that, that could actually work, because that does have a whole universe to it. You know, I enjoy all the Scanners movies, even the Scanner Cop 1 and 2. Yeah, I've only seen one. It, it really goes a different direction. It, it reminds me a lot of uh, Firestarter. Oh, that's another one I need to watch. Yeah. And I actually made a sequel to Firestarter I thought was pretty good. A uh, made-for-TV sequel. But, you know, it's it's all like a government conspiracy type thing, you know. That's how it works. But uh, I'm trying to find this. Here's the Texas Chainsaw. Lionsgate and early talks on the next film. This poster, it says, uh, <laughs> the 9-11 poster mistake, <laughs> that's what Fairmont says. It's so stupid, man. It doesn't look, uh, I mean, let me see if you can zoom in on this picture here. Turtles didn't fly into those buildings. It's like an explosion at the top, for those of you that haven't seen this poster. You see it? That's it, They're just falling from a building. Like, I don't understand. People need to get off their dicks and, and quit uh, worrying about stuff like this. I, I don't well, there's people who just wait and they look for stuff to, uh, to exactly. say that crap I mean, about. These are the same people that wanted the the Twin Towers CGI'd out of everything, you know, after the... Mm-hmm. Why, why would you want to do that when you want to, you know, appreciate these things for what they were? I, that's the way I feel about it. Well, that's stupid. 
Like, that's just a stupid idea to get rid of it anyway. Take out the Twin Towers out of everything already made prior to that. Like, I think they were about to release uh, Superman on DVD. You know, the first one. Yeah, and, very, uh, the original movie? Yeah. The, and, you know, you have him flying there and the Twin Towers are there. And people will say, well, they got to get rid of those. Why? Because uh, they're, they're idiots. Because it reminds you of, of what happened, but I thought it was, we'll never forget, is the whole slogan. Well, every time I see the Twin Towers, I just shit myself. Yeah. Every single time, doesn't matter if it's old. Like the beginning of All in the Family, <laughs> you know, it, I just lose it. I can't even get past the opening credits because of that. It's stupid. It really is dumb. It, you know, they, uh, I mean, it makes me happy to see them in movies. You know, whenever I see an old movie, movie I love for, it. What, 25 years almost. So that's just part of history. You don't but, wash it out just because you don't like it. I, I don't understand what, what kind of mindset thinks like that anyway, but. I know there was it was a Spider Man movie that they had to re re edit, right? It was the first one. That oh, was the very first yeah, one. Yeah, the very okay. first one they had a a poster with Spider Man's eyes and had the Twin Towers um, reflection in there. And they had to change that, that poster was pulled. Uh, I, the that one was a I bunch remember, of examples of stuff right around that time. Well, what I remember, man, is uh, the two towers, the Lord of the Rings two towers was about to come out. And there were people saying you need to change the name of it. You know, the two towers was written back in the fifties or so. Right. It's just people who jump on the bandwagon for their stupid causes. Um, they make like, no sense. It's like internet uh, bandwagon people, maybe. Yeah, it's all internet just spreading yeah. the fueling the fire or whatever. I don't know. I don't understand the you know the, uh, the opinion of somebody that didn't want to get rid of that stuff. But anyway, <clears throat> that's just me. But, uh, let's see what else we got here. I wanted to mention uh, Jurassic Park, Jurassic World, is that the name of it? Yeah. The, uh, they've, they've declared that they're going to do everything practical effects and have really limited CGI in the film. I, that'd be awesome if they do yeah. it, just like the, the first one. I've, if they do it like that, they can show people how CGI needs to be done. I'm kind of surprised that they're even letting them do that. You, I mean, you think a, a studio would be like, "No, shut up!" You know, we're doing it. The, we're doing it the new way. But apparently, they're saying it's cheaper and faster to do practical effects now than than CGI. Well, from what I gather, it takes a lot of people, a lot of data and time to render. I mean, think of the Avengers. Mm-hmm. Just one scene from that with all that oh, crap sure, happening. Sure. You know, Transformers. That had probably, it takes a lot of people. To do that at one time. Well, look yeah. at the credits on a film like that. It's got fucking 500 people that are that are working in the you know, computer graphics. Yeah. Or whatever they're credited as. Um, I don't know. I think it could be it could be interesting. I think it's kind of just uh, something to make some buzz about the movie right now. I'm optimistic about this movie. Yeah. Um, just because I want to see another good Jurassic Park. Yeah. Um. I'm not going to shit on it or anything. I mean, I'm definitely... I, I'll probably go check it out regardless of what they do with the practical effects. But, you know, a lot of that large-scale stuff, it's going to be damn near impossible to do with practical effects. I mean, you've got one dinosaur in a room, sure. But, you know, you do those those pullback crane shots with, you know, huge dinosaurs, well, it's going to be hard to do. It's going to be impossible, pretty much. Even with the third one, they made a full-size Spinosaurus. Right, you know, so they they try to stick with practical effects through through that series, but uh, 
What I like, though, is I saw the uh, exclusive poster for the Comic-Con for Jurassic World. And it had uh, trees that have wrapped it right in the middle on top of an overturned Jeep. It's that same Jeep the T-Rex attacked and threw over the side. Oh, know, that's uh, cool. The first one, you know, the tires torn. Yeah. Same number, 04 right there. That's and there's cool. eggs in there. Where they, oh, yeah. You know, because the Raptors are already laying right. eggs on the island. Because this one takes place on that first island again. Um, that, just seeing something like that. In the background, you have the complex, uh, the park itself. But that that gave me a good feeling. Yeah. You know, kind of nostalgia for that. Yeah. So, um, I hope it's good. I really do. But, I just hope it's at least not as bad as 3. <laughs> a lot of people shit all over 2 and 3. What? Jurassic World? Yeah. No, Jurassic Park 2 and 3. Oh, yeah. Um, but I guess on that note, we can go ahead and talk about uh, Godzilla that opened in Japan recently. Yeah, on the 25th. It opened up. Yeah. I don't have the actual box office figures on me, but uh, it did well. I was worried how well it would do yeah. in its home country, and people there like it. That's good. So they're thinking it's going to bring in just over $540 million. Uh, total, which is a good run for it. Sure. Um, but Godzilla has not been very popular in Japan for several years. Mm. So it's nice to see if they actually got some support for this one. Yeah. It is. It's, it's, I'm glad it's doing well just for the name alone. It needed that for that, that other attempt. <laughs> we'll get onto that another day. Yeah, and then the announcement of um, the sequels for Godzilla. The, uh, they got oh, the yeah. rights to uh, Mothra, Rodan, and King Ghidorah for two and three. Now, a lot of websites were saying that's just, they're all going to cram them. In the second movie. Yeah, that's not at all okay. what they said. It's going to be two and three. That's what I'd heard, too, is they're going to all be in the same movie. Well, that sounds fucking awesome to me, man. See, the thing is, 50 years ago, Ghidorah, the three-headed monster, came right. out with those four. Right. And uh, I'm wondering how they'll do it. Because um, King Ghidorah's... Uh, granted, I know a giant, you know, fire-breathing creature is, you know, out there. But King Ghidorah is more of a fantasy, almost, element. Mm-hmm. Same with Mothra. I always but, like uh, Ghidorah. Well, I, I think they'll make him look good. I just wonder what his genesis will be in this. Um, what I almost like to see is with the second one... You know, you look at uh, what's the best of the original Star Wars trilogy. It's the second one. Yeah. It ends on a downer. Right. You know, have King Ghidorah show up, beat the shit out of Godzilla. You think he's done mm-hmm. with the second one. Mothra and Rodan come in. I think Rodan's going to die in this. Well, we'll see. Um, and then the third when he comes back. I think that's that would be a neat way to do it. But they may not do it like that. They may have Mothra and Rodan show up in two. And then three is King Ghidorah. Right. You know, three is going to be the the big battle. Yeah, if they do all four. Yeah. Which, which is is one thing I don't like about the new you know past ten years or so. You know they they already released they're going to do multiple movies. Like you know name any big franchise right now they they you already know there's going to be another one after the one you're watching. Yeah. Which is kind of shitty because you know you know the main characters aren't going to die. You know. 
I, I don't know. It's just one one kind of beef I've I've had. You know, it kind of started right around Matrix. You know, yeah. Matrix did that. They shot them at the same time. You know, now Hunger Games, Harry Potter, all this stuff is is announced. You know, years before they even come out. You know that they're doing multiple movies. I don't know. Just a small complaint I have. Well, you don't really. You know, when something happens, like a big tragic event happens. You're not worried that the main character is going to go. Right. You know he's not. Well, it's like in part two. You know, you know Godzilla's not going to die. You know. Yeah. Because you know there's got to be another movie with that fucking uh-huh. Godzilla in it. It's just. I don't know. I'm hoping they'll handle it well. Gareth Edwards, you know, he is coming back and he has stated that he's going to do the same slow burn technique he used in this first one. Which. Is one of the main criticisms people had of this Yeah, movie. it is. It is. And I would prefer to see him, you know, maybe do that to a degree. Yeah. But not, you know, have something awesome starting and just pull you yeah. out of it. He needs to stop that. Yeah. That pissed me off well, in the first one. Brian Cranston's not around for, for part two, so they can't use him. Well, yeah. Uh, the only person I can really see coming back... And maybe bridging the three is Ken yeah. Watanabe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'd like not. to see that just fine. Well, I love Ken Watanabe anyway. Um, I, I don't want to see Aaron Taylor or Johnson come back. I don't. That story arc is done. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I bet you he'll be back. Huh? I bet you he'll be back. Yeah, he'll, he'll just be... He'll be on even more steroids. He'll be roided up ready to <laughs> fuck somebody up. The third one he rides Godzilla <laughs> into battle. <laughs> It just becomes like how to train your dragon with yeah, giant yeah. things. The third one, he could start eating a bunch of radiation and become as, as big as Godzilla and he could fight Godzilla. <sighs> yeah, he... <laughs> that's radiation and steroids. Human growth hormone. <laughs> just all sorts of crap. Um, but, uh, yeah, that may be interesting. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, I, I like what they did with this one. This first one. Um... I see why they didn't go with Godzilla being the villain in it. Because it wouldn't lead to sequels. Yeah. There's a reason the old series he changed from a villain. Now the first you know, the first sequel they had to make six months or six to nine months after his uh after the first film I had to say, Well, this isn't the first one because the original Godzilla died. Right. He's just gone. Right. This is another Godzilla. Yeah. And that one carries on to nineteen seventy five. But the next two movies, it's King Kong versus Godzilla, yeah. Mothra versus Godzilla. Yeah. Godzilla is plainly the antagonist, right? And then it was after that with uh, Gidra, the three-headed monster. Yeah. Godzilla becomes a good guy. Yeah, that's to keep the series going. I, I get that's, it. That's really where you don't you don't like those, right? Where Godzilla is a good guy. You don't like those movies. Oh. I went through a period there where I didn't. Yeah. But I do. I have a lot you of... You do, okay. Uh, I love the old uh, films anyway. Yeah. You know, you can make him a good guy and not, you know... It doesn't ruin the old, the original. But my, my biggest criticism with this new one was the trailers all pointed towards this Godzilla being the, the original. Yeah. And it wasn't. That's fine, though. I, I like the... The late sixties, early seventies, Godzilla, who's having to fight all these monsters, but he clearly rather not be. Yeah. We'll see how it goes with these other two. I don't know. It could be interesting. I'm curious how they got the uh, 
rights if Toho was just so pleased. That's probably box what office and yeah. just gave it to him because normally you'd have to pay extra for those rights to those main monsters. You don't think they did? They they may have. I I I just I have no clue. Um, but yeah, see Godzilla, you buy him and you get him. And you have to buy Rodan, King of Noir, and Mothra separately to get those rights. Um, okay. That's just the way they do it. And I, I don't know if when you get Godzilla, you get all the lesser monsters. I'm not sure how that works. But since they bought the rights of these, yeah, they're going to use them. Oh, absolutely. Well, one more thing I wanted to mention before we got off of here. Uh, Dick Smith passed away today. Mm-hmm. Legendary makeup effects artist. Yeah, he did a lot of a lot of stuff. Oh man, it's countless countless movies, and uh, you know television as well. Just a really a you know a true asset of the you know the horror and sci-fi genre as well as others. He, he worked on a Taxi Driver, and uh, you know many other films. The Godfather. Yeah. Uh, you know one of my favorite films. Uh, also on The Exorcist. What I was reading some stuff about him last night, and people were saying that uh, he was uh, really helpful with up-and-coming makeup artists. You know, if you asked him, you know, you can mail him or, or you know email him something. He would he would try to help you out. That's, that's I think that's where he's gotten a lot of his uh, his fans. From because he's been good to people. It's always good to have, you know, ambassadors like that. Yeah. But I don't know. Just another one of the greats passing away. You know, they're they're going every day these days. He was ninety two years old. I think mm-hmm. that's that's pretty a pretty long life. And hopefully he had a good life. But uh, yeah, we'll miss you, man. I worked on tons of great stuff. His last movie was uh, House on Haunted Hill, the 99. I remember seeing that. Yeah. His last one, he got special makeup effects for. Did you ever see that movie? Is that the one with uh, Chris Kattan? Oh, man. I bet it is. I always get that one, and they redid The Haunting like the same year. That was Liam Neeson and Owen Wilson, I guess. That is Chris Kattan, yeah. God. I... House on Haunted Hill, I really enjoyed until the end. The end ruined it. It was total I don't even shit. Remember. It was... Uh, you want me to just I tell you again? It, was, it doesn't matter to me. It was Chris Kattan's ghost coming back and saving them. <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, that ruined everything. So many of those, those movies like that, around that period of time, were shit. Like that one and 13 Ghosts. But oh, God. The House on Haunted Hill had some really creepy shit in it, though. Like... The oh, doctor, the doctor, and all the freaky shit that he did. Like, I'd like to go back and watch that again, just for that part of it. Like, maybe fast forward through all the garbage in the beginning. I need more Chris Kattan, though. Man, nothing needs any Chris Kattan in it ever. Maybe but, another Corky Romano. Let me go in. <laughs> you remember that that character, uh, uh, Mr. Papers on Saturday Night Live? Yeah. It was Chris Kattan. Well, oh, yeah. That always kind of reminded me of uh, of Eli Roth, and I can go ahead and segue into my next uh, topic here was uh, Scream Factory. I don't know if you heard, but they gave him, they gave Eli Roth a copy of every one of the the Scream Factory releases for free. 
and they post it all up on their social media, Facebook, Twitter, all that stuff. And, uh, you know, a lot of people got, got really upset. And apparently I did this because he did a commentary for uh, a Hemlock Grove show that he's done on Netflix. They, yeah. they, they released it, or going to release it, and they gave him all these copies of the movies, and everybody was kind of pissed off. They were like, man, why did he, why did he get them, give them to me, you know? And, you know, Eli Roth is kind of has a mixed, mixed opinion, or, or people have a mixed opinion of him in the, you know, the horror community. A lot of people love him, a lot of people don't like it very much, but you have any opinion on that? On that? I mean, well, I mean, they they gave him like it shows a picture of him looking like Mr. Peepers, like claw clawing like a huge fucking pile of, of Blu-rays. You know, these are thirty dollar Blu-rays, each one of them. That. I mean, this is this is talking to a guy who's got plenty of money to buy. Yeah, them, exactly. You buy all of that. It's like well, whatever. I mean, maybe he's helped him out a lot. You know. To do a commentary that he probably got paid for for his move for his series, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe there's more to it. Uh, they, uh, yeah, we're obviously trying to just you know start a little bit of buzz or whatever on their social media website, whatever they were, they were trying to do. But I don't know. You know, Eli Roth is a guy who you really, I don't know. You, you have an opinion of him one way or the other. I, I really think the guy's gotten a lot of credit. He's not necessarily due. Part of the Splat Pack, you know, the new horror directors, him and James Wan's about the only guy that's come out of that and become really successful. Him, Rob Zombie, you know. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. I don't necessarily have a problem with. It. I just think it's kind of kind of a slap in the face of the fans to say you're going to charge thirty dollars. You know, I'm going to charge you thirty dollars for this fucking movie, and then we're going to here's a picture of us giving them to somebody else, you know, for free, which is just kind of shitty in my opinion, but. One of the many uh, um, problems I've had with the uh, Shout Factory Screen Factor here lately. Uh, one other thing I wanted to mention: Have you heard about the new? The, uh, they call it the Cabal Cut of Nightbreed that, that yeah. Shout Factory's doing. They, they've got the they put all the pre-releases up, and the, apparently they they had uh, a thousand copies originally, right? And they sold all those, and then they changed it to two thousand copies. Right after they sold them all, they just made it another thousand, and that's kind of shitty, man. Yeah, if you're gonna limit something, stick with them. This thing is eighty dollars, and it's it's like uh, see how many discs is this fucking thing? It's it's like four discs or something like that, three discs. But they haven't even named what the special features are gonna be. Well, that's just pissed off the collectors, though. Look, uh, first disc is uh, director's cut of the film on Blu-ray. Second disc is the R-rated cut on Blu-ray. Disc three, exclusive to this set, bonus Blu-ray disc packed with extras. Details forthcoming. Why are you going to pre-order something for eighty fucking dollars when you don't even know what the hell it's coming with? My thing is, I would imagine some of that eighty-dollar price tag is because of the limited print uh, that originally it was going to have. Two thousand copies is not that limited. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Limited to 10,000 copies, it says here. 10,000, okay. Yeah, well, I see that. I don't know. They did something like that with uh, Dawn of the Dead with the Ultimate Edition on DVD. But I just think it was kind of a bullshit move, you know, up in that, that number. They, they doubled it. Whatever the number was, they, they doubled it after they sold out. Um, I don't know. 
they've been doing some 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 shady shit, and I don't mind saying that because I've I, you know I pay hard money for their releases, and we've mentioned on here before that they don't do any kind of uh, captioning, any kind of subtitles in their releases. I think they may be starting to now. Well, good. Maybe um, we got through to them. Well, that's that's the thing. I you know I've started buying Arrow uh, from the UK Arrow videos right. stuff. Now, it's about. You know, I picked up uh, the car, and uh, which is not one Blu-ray here in the states, mm-hmm. and Phantom of the Paradise. I knew full well that's coming out in a few days, yeah. but I still went with the Arrow one because the car was so good. Yeah, you know, the captions was just yeah. a great cut of it. Uh, great uh, special features too. But uh, that and the way I thought about it, you know, because I I was picking out movies. Uh, Criterion movies for around 20 bucks each on that yeah. Barnes & Noble sale. Yeah. Well, I took... Uh, you know, I, I showed you. I bought uh, Picnic and Hanging Rock. Oh, yeah. And Eyes Without a Face. Yeah. Well, I took them back because I was like, I've never seen these. Oh, the Criterions? Yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, I, I, I've never seen these. I don't know if I can warrant spending 20 bucks on these. Then I went and used that money and bought the car and Phantom of the Paradise because I have seen those. And I love both of them. And those are almost criterion treatments for those. Sure. I, I, so it's worth the 20 bucks yeah. for that to me. I don't know if the transfer would be quite up to par with Criterion, but de- definitely the special features and, and such. The special features are... Well, I don't know that Criterion is going to pick up those. Right, I'm just uh, saying. Yeah. They always do a damn bang-up job on oh, the Oh, they do. Transfer. They do. I'm not, I'm not ripping on Criterion at all. I'm just saying I hadn't even seen those movies. Right. It just made more sense to me to spend the $20 on something I had seen. In my opinion, I wouldn't say they're worth that, but I, I, I've seen both those films, and I—they're both good. Don't get me wrong. The 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 picnic at Hanging Rock is is really a slow burn type film, and uh, it's a period piece. It's kind of you may like it, you may not. Yeah, that's that's the thing. Yeah. I didn't want to spend the money and not like it. And Eyes Without the, Eyes Without a Face is really good, but again, you may not want to buy it. You may just want to rent it or watch it online. Or find some way to see it. Yeah. Um, that's the thing with Criterion's, you know. I, I made the leap and picked up the uh, Zatoichi box set. Oh yeah, and that has been worth it. Yeah, and uh, I've only watched nine of the twenty-five movies in oh, there. Damn, I can't believe they made that. No, they're. I'm pacing it out. I mean, they're each one of them's good, but I tend to like the samurai genre, so I felt okay with yeah, buying that. Yeah, I, I've seen a good portion of those. Not probably not nearly twenty-five. You said. Something like that. Yeah, I've probably seen maybe 10 or 15. Yeah, that's good stuff. To, uh, it gets bloodier as it goes along. Uh, they used to run a series on one of the ne- one of the cable networks, uh, you know, probably 10 years ago. Like every Friday or Saturday night, they'd show one of those. Mm-hmm. And I recorded a bunch of them off of there. And I, that's how I watched them. But I'd love to see them with a Blu-ray treatment. Well, the cool thing about that box set is you know how... Uh, Criterion usually sells either the DVD or the Blu-ray. Right. This is both. Oh, it comes with yeah, both? Yeah. You, you know, oh, that's, you pay that awesome. money, you get the DVDs and Blu-rays. That's awesome. Um, now, I think they said they were going to stop doing that because they were experimenting with that. And they decided to stop for some reason. Criterion's not yeah. going to do that anymore? I don't see the reason for the expense. When you can go buy a fucking new Blu-ray player for 50 bucks, I mean, you know, I mean, I just don't see the complaints... Just upgrade your shit, man. I mean, I'm not sure why they still do both of those. I think it's just added expense. I mean, 
all that is I see people buying that set and giving the DVDs or selling the DVDs to somebody else you know well, I'm sure some people have done that yeah. I know a lot of people have done that they've you know <laughs> given them to somebody else but the cost for that set though you know even if it was just the Blu-ray it's still a great deal for all those it's around 100 bucks yeah um yeah it is a great deal but uh one more thing I want to mention here the uh the Hateful Eight poster I think was released yeah you uh you're pretty excited about the new Tarantino I'm hoping it's good I love westerns uh Kurt Russell's apparently supposed to be in it and he's always good to say I'm trying to count the movies in my head uh are they counting Kill Bill as two movies they must be cause they say this is his eighth movie Oh, really? Well, I guess so. Okay, they must be. Cause, okay. I could go look it up. I don't really feel, I feel like it, though. But, yeah, I'm, just, I'm, I'm always excited to see a new Tarantino flick. I'm, I'm looking forward to the fact that he's actually going through with him when he said he wasn't. After the script leaked online, then he had that oh, live reading that went really well, so I decided to go out and make the movie. Let's see, you want to try to name all eight? Oh, God. We'll just... This is directed by, right? <clears throat> directed by him? Yeah. Uh, Hold on. Let me pull it up here. Huh? Let me pull it up here. Okay, go ahead. Uh, I can think of Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction, Jackie Brown, Kill Bill, Kill Bill 2, that'd be five, and Glorious Bastards and Django, and then eight would be this, if that's the eighth one. Well, you, Death Proof is there. Is it in there? Death Proof. Yeah, let's see. One, two. I mean, are we gonna call? Are we gonna count like four rooms and stuff yeah, like that? Yeah, I was about to say that One, too. One, two, three, four, five. Assume we count both Kill Bills. Uh, six, seven, eight. They must be counting Kill Bills as one. Right. Kill Bill is one movie. And then they're not counting the other ones. Like he, you know, he directed. Uh, well, Sin City. He was he was given the you know the tag, special guest director or whatever. So that's pretty cool, though. Um, I don't know. As far as, as far as Tarantino goes, man, I love all these movies. Um, Jackie Brown. I've had a newfound appreciation of that film a few years ago. I went through a, a black exploitation phase and rewatched Jackie Brown, and I, I really love it now. When I didn't, when I first saw it. And uh, Death Proof is probably my least favorite of his films. I think he has problems with that himself. I just, like, if I want to watch, like, six women, you know, gab, I can go to the mall or something. Uh, I don't need to put a movie on to watch that. It just bored me to fucking tears. I remember when I first watched it, my my in-laws came over and they bought it. And we sat down and watched this thing. I think maybe there was maybe one person that didn't fall asleep during the... Right. Because, I mean, it's like 45 minutes before anything happens. I mean, before anything happens, like you start just, cheering Kurt Russell. It's, oh man, when he starts tearing through it, it definitely needed uh, more Kurt Russell. But uh, more, more Kurt Russell and less, you know, women talking. But uh, oh man, it just yeah, it, it fell flat for me, and I really don't have any desire to go back and revisit it because it's it's too long and it's too much dialogue. Even though I think that is one of Tarantino's strong suits, he does kind of. You know, he's, he's pretty heavy with it sometimes. 
Oh, yeah, he could do some really good dialogue in this movies. Just a little bit much, I think. But on that note, they've announced to Kill Bill 3. I think you were talking about that earlier. Well, no, what I, what I was talking about was the uh, the whole bloody affair. Oh, the re-release, okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, they've apparently announced to Kill Bill 3. Okay, well, Bill's dead, though, isn't he? But maybe it's Kill Ralph, I don't know. Kill Kill someone. Ralph. They just know. pick a name. I just pick a name. <laughs> but I, I, it's announced. Who knows? You know, if he wants well, to Well, maybe the it. script will leak and he'll just say, yeah. fuck it. He just needs to... Man, I don't know how these fucking scripts are getting around everybody like that. I'd be pissed off if I was him. I gotta say, because uh, when I came back into town and got to the house, my uh, brother was watching Pulp Fiction. Oh, as always. And I was... It reminds me, every time I see that movie, it reminds me of when you brought it over to the house. Yeah. Because you, you, know, you remember, I had kind of a shelter in life. Yeah. And you bring Pulp Fiction over. That's I probably just brought it to the, to the sodomy scene, and I just you let did. you watch that. You did. It just went right to the uh, Marcellus Wallace taking it from, you know, the dude with the mask. Yeah, that was a pretty, a pretty eye-opening experience for me, too. Dude, I mean, we... We rewound it like three times, I think, so we could watch that. It just seared into my brain. And I was like, "What?" You're, At first, I had no idea that was happening because I didn't know that was possible. Your fragile little mind. And now I watch it all the time. Yeah, all the it's time. It's on the constant loop. Uh, yeah, it's just, my screensaver. Uh, <laughs> that's what puts me to sleep now. Zed just—it yeah, was uh, almost caught a fly. It was almost a like, wait, what's he doing? Wait, what? What's happening? Yeah, I didn't. But I was no lack of that. Was that was my on. introduction into uh, sodomy as well? Um, yeah, it's it's still a very uh, I don't know, maybe not as much to kids anymore, but that was a pretty uh, pretty eye opening experience. Pretty pretty powerful scene, still is. Well, I'm just wondering that dude who played Zed has he done anything since? I've only seen him in that and Mask. Spider got a couple else. flies. Wow. Oh. Or maybe he actually loved that so much he yeah. bought his own pawn shop. He got him a gimp. Oh. But no, is it a is it a katana he takes and slices the yeah. shit out of him? Yeah, that's awesome, man. I want to go watch that movie. Oh, that again. Dude, I guess that dude's jerking off behind. Yeah. You get him, Zed. Get him. <laughs> get that boy. Man. But uh, <laughs> we need to do a Tarantino episode. I think that'd be fun. Oh, we, we could. We could probably do like three episodes on Tarantino. But uh, I'm sure that's been done to death. Everybody's talked about Tarantino. But we'll go ahead and get into some recent watches. Have you seen anything of note lately? Uh, we watched a few things. I hadn't seen a long time. I have seen stuff I had never watched. Uh, like tonight, I've watched... Uh, and this one was out of nowhere. R.I.P.D. Oh, fuck. And, uh... The movie, watching it... I don't hate it. I really don't. It, it was... I enjoyed it for what it was. But it's clearly a minute black type thing. Yeah, it's totally. very much like that. The only reason I can say I enjoyed it is because of Jeff Bridges. Don't you feel like Jeff Bridges walked off the set of, uh... You know, True the, the Coen brothers. Right into that? Yeah. That's exactly what I yeah. thought. Yeah, I think that's what everybody thought. No, I thought he was either doing that or Yosemite Sam. He's playing Rooster Cogburn, just yeah. walks right into it. 
and he's uh, he keeps talking about the coyote and he's screwing his skull yeah he had to sit there and watch him eat his body right. and then a coyote start fucking his skull <laughs> you know that, that was funny it was funny looking at his face when he's talking about that um uh, wasn't that movie like one of the biggest box office flops ever? It, it was a huge flop. Yeah. The CGI is bad in it. The CGI is like Scooby-Doo CGI bad. It's all That's cartoonish. Bad, for sure. Because you had that dude who looked like Fat Bastard running around. Imagine how bad that's going to look in five years. As bad as it looks now Oh, it's, it's, it's not going to age well. Uh, you but, can't have full character CGI like that and expect it to age well. It, the movie could have been done a whole better, but it was always going to be... Or seem like a minute black ripoff. Uh, then I watched Kick Ass for the first time. Oh yeah. Now that movie. The only thing to me that makes a movie good is Hit Girl. She was awesome in it. Yeah. You know, she was what ten when she made the movie. Uh, maybe a little bit older than that. Kills her, right? like nearly everybody. Yeah. Um, Aaron Taylor Johnson, you know, Kick Ass himself is an idiot. Throughout the entire thing, and yeah. you've got McLovin himself, which just pulls me out of everything I see him in. I can't take him seriously. That's McLovin, man. Well, you know, dude, he's like he's he's the uh, DJ Qualls of the 2010s. <laughs> he exactly works more than DJ Qualls did. He weighs like 30 pounds. <laughs> he's oh whatever. Uh, oh, keep talking about it. And Nick Cage. Yeah. Now I love Nick Cage. Uh, Screaming child. That his daughter the whole time. She's hilarious and everything. Take cover, child. That's what he yeah. said. Um, Take cover, child. Uh, I, I I love him to death. I enjoyed the movie though. It was it was it was fun. Uh, Mick Lovin, I think you meant uh, Red Mist. Is his name in the movie? Whatever his damn name is. He had that that car that like souped up whatever it was vehicle. That yeah, was his whole power. Uh, yeah, yeah. Red Mist. Uh, that. Uh, the Mist Mobile. Christopher Mintz Ploss. This is Ploss. It sounds like he was named by uh, Tim Curry's character from Congo. Which which we'll get into shortly. Uh, it's funny how that movie has so many good memories for me and you. Oh, man. It was so bad. <laughs> but uh, I watched uh, Castaway. Oh, yeah. Day. How does that hold up? It holds up well to me. I really yeah. liked it. Um, I, I love Tom Hanks. I think he's, to me, he's one of the only actors we have out there that's anything like one of the classic actors. You know, he just has that, I guess it's charisma, or just the way he holds himself. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that was his peak time right around when he made Castaway. The, the period of probably uh, Forrest Gump through... Maybe uh, what was that? Ninety nine. Past past Castaway, you know. Castaway was like ninety nine or two thousand. Yeah, I think that so. was his. Cause he did Saving Private Ryan in that period of time. Uh, yeah, I, mean, yeah. I just really think he was at his peak performance then. I mean, he was a he was a number one actor, you know. Well, it's it's weird. You see him, you know, the first half of the film, he's kind of chubby, you yeah, know. Yeah. And then he he's lost all that weight four years later. It makes sense, you know. You know, sure. the, de- the dedication he had to do that just within a movie. Oh, yeah. Um, they said whatever he ate, he ate like an apple and a fucking bottle of water or something a day is all he had Well, to he eat. should have just eaten whatever he was eating on that island. Yeah. You know, coconut crab. And, uh, like, uh, raw, raw crab. Yeah. 
finished roughing. Shit. Um, I, I liked it though, man. It was good revisiting that one because it really held up. Yeah, that's that's one of my favorites. I told you that that was the first DVD I ever bought. Right. So that was that was a pleasant memory for me. I never saw it in theater, unfortunately. Um. Damn, what else have I watched? Oh, I watched uh, Chuck Norris's uh, Invasion USA. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Man, you need to see that one. It's yeah, got Richard Lynch. Okay. And uh, he's he shoots the way he kills people is he shoots them in the dick. He puts <laughs> the gun into their belt, you know, into their pants, and just starts firing away yeah. at their balls. Yeah. And it's really funny because Billy Drago's in there briefly. Okay. Um. I never cared about these action movies growing up. I yeah. never did. But there's something about them. It's going back to the 80s. Yeah, you know? yeah. It's weird how a genre that I never cared for as a kid takes me back. I think a lot of people have the same thing. Uh, and it's fun. You know, it's really fun. Chuck Norris is just uh, an automaton in the whole thing. He does not show any emotion. He just murders and kills and says also one-liners like, I'm going to hit you with so many riots you're going to be begging for a laugh. <laughs> you know? That's a classic one, and uh, it's just fun. That's one of my favorites of his. Yeah, um, he's he's got a lot of movies that I haven't seen. Yeah, he really has. There's never, some stinkers. I never really cared for him. The uh, Delta, what is it? Delta, Delta Force. Delta Force. Have you seen that one? Oh uh, yeah, I've seen both of them. The first one is a good, straightforward action movie. The second one is completely ridiculous, and Billy Drago's in that too. Uh, the second one's just balls to the wall, insane. Because uh, I think the second one's like a Colombian drug lord kind of thing. But uh, I, I highly recommend that one. That uh, missing in action. Okay. You know, one and two are really good war movies. Three again just goes in another direction. You know that weird action movie kind of thing. Um. Dude, I haven't seen a lot of these movies. Uh, have you seen Lone Wolf McQuaid? Oh, man, yeah. When yes. the hell have you been watching all these movies? You never watch that kind of movie. The last few years, man. <laughs> I, was, I was really... You never uh, used to watch shit like that. Building up on... Because you could buy them for cheap at Walmart. Oh, yeah. Uh, I was reading that... Uh, this is on IMDb. I don't know how true this is. I hope it is. It, it said, as of 2007, Invasion USA was MGM's highest-selling home video release after Gone with the Wind. That wouldn't surprise me at all. Uh, That's awesome, though. Well, I mean, it's... it's Okay, there's a scene where... Because uh, you know anything about it? Mm-mm. It's... Um, uh, Richard Lynch plays a Russian and there are Soviets, you know, like special forces kind of, yeah. trying to foment rebellion and distrust in Florida. They started in Florida. Yeah. Kind of like, uh, I guess... Um, and Red Dawn, but oh, slow, yeah. a slow burn kind of thing. Oh, yeah. Without the high school kids, too. But uh, there's a scene for no reason. This is a Christmas in Florida. Richard Lynch and his lieutenant or whatever or drive up in a truck into a subdivision and just stop there. They pull out uh, rocket launchers. Yeah. And they proceed to just shoot these rockets at these houses. Sure. And everybody is putting stuff on their Christmas trees and shit. <laughs> you know? And they never reload. You can't lay it on thicker than that, huh? Well, the thing is, these 
these are not you can't reload these. Yeah. These are these were one shot ones. Yeah, right. He, he just kept firing them like, like, six, like an seven, RPG or something. Yeah, you had to put a new rocket on there. And uh, it was for no reason they did this, no reason at all. But they destroyed half the neighborhood doing this. It's really funny. Which one was this? This is Delta Force. No, that's Invasion USA. This is Invasion. Okay, I want to see that. Um, Let's go on my list. Yeah, watch it. You'll enjoy it. Just get a few beers and just enjoy yourself. Absolutely. Um, Lone Wolf McQuaid is like that too, because that one's got David Carradine in it. Dude, I'm gonna do a fucking marathon of these movies. All right, you've got plenty to watch. Uh, oh God, that's another one. Invasion USA. Well, shit, I've rated it, so apparently I have seen it at some point. I'll check it out. Happens. I rated the damn thing. I've probably seen it on Netflix before. Um, Delta Force is one I need to see. Uh, Delta Force is good. That one's got. Uh, that's on Netflix. Lee Marvin. The second one, though, if you want something that's just ridiculous, go with two. Okay, Operation Stranglehold. Yes. Uh, let me look here. It's man, that's one of those companies I miss. Go on Globus. Oh man. Um, Chuck Norris here. Real quick, uh, you're mentioning uh, uh, Red Dawn. It reminded me. I, I saw this movie recently. Uh, Toy Soldiers. You ever seen that with Sean Astin? And from 1991. No. Kind of a similar premise, uh, but and just really, really nut from from 91. It's really nuts. It's got Sean Astin, uh, Will Wheaton, uh, Andrew Dividoff is in there, or Andrew Divoff, Gnarly Emery, Louis Gossett Jr. It, it takes place in this, uh, like a boys' school, uh, a boarding school for boys, and they, I think uh, it's like some drug lord like goes in and takes one of these kids hostage or tries to, because some sort of a, you know, they're trying to ransom to get one of theirs released out of prison or whatever. Mm-hmm. But a uh, really, really cool movie. It's just like a, you know, uh, uh, they're all, you know, in a uh, school, you know, held hostage. And Sean Aston is like the, the badass that goes in and starts saving people. He's a little kid. It's 1991? Yeah. I don't know why I haven't yeah. seen that. Dude, I love this movie. I watched it like three times when I got it on Netflix a few. Huh. It's probably a couple months ago that I saw it. I. I I enjoyed it way more than I should have. That's for sure. You'd, you'd like it for sure. Well, I have to check it out. That, that stuff is just rewatchable, you know. Oh man, it's it's nostalgia, like you said. It's that that old stuff, man. It really, it's like something that you never would have watched, but you see it now, and it's just gold, you know. Yeah. Uh, definitely. I, you know, I, I, part of it is, you know. The action movies were filmed on a lower budget. Yeah. So what you see, you see actual places, real places. So some of it will remind you, you know, of grocery stores or whatever you would see as a kid. Like the beginning right. of Cobra. Right. Looks like the grocery stores oh, we grew up with. Well, that's another classic that's right a there. That's a great one, yeah. Uh, yeah, we should do something just for action movies, man. I can watch oh, yeah. several of these. I can pick one, my favorites of each of those actors. You need to pick one that I haven't seen that, we could, that I can watch. And, Demolition uh, Man? Have you seen that? Oh, yeah. I've seen Demolition Man. <laughs> I saw Demolition Man a lot back in the day. Oh, man. That's one of my favorites. Even though that's that's a 90s film, too, isn't it? 
That's that's ninety four, I think. Yeah. If only uh, Taco Bell was like the the number Man, one restaurant everywhere. in America. And we we wiped our asses with like clam shells. Yeah, you. They still two like shells between. It's just two shells. Oh, the clam shells. Oh, I was thinking taco shells for some oh. reason. A white man's taco soft. shells. That's how I do it. Let's make it even more bizarre. The best part of that was uh, was a Rob Schneider. God damn it! He was in that one too. No, that and Judge Dredd. I know he was in Judge Dredd. Oh, he's in both of them. I love both those movies. I don't care what anybody says. That Judge Dredd. Judge Dredd is better than Dredd 3D. <laughs> I'm standing by that statement. I love Judge Dredd. It's got Armand Asante in it. Of I'll give it that. Of course. I'll give it that. That's those are some bold words you just said there. But uh I mean It's fun. I, I like him for that. Rob Schneider, he steals the show. That's all. God. He steals the show in my heart. Um, but no, back to uh to R. I. P. D. real quick before we move on. Uh the budget was hundred and thirty million, you know, estimated. <laughs> Total gross was thirty three million. Is that total like international? Well, that's, that's U.S. But it probably made like an extra ten internationally. It costs like another thirty million just to promote it elsewhere. Worldwide was seventy eight. Really? But still, that's a pretty big fucking loss, man. That's what uh, shit, seventy eighty million dollars. Um, I don't think of anything else I've watched. So I don't, I don't, I don't imagine them making another one of those. No, no, I know they're not going to. Ryan Reynolds, man, he's like a box office bomb these days. I'm sure he's he's like the voice of the the uh, raccoon in the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. I think so. that's uh, Bradley Cooper. Oh, Bradley Cooper, that's right. Yeah. I get those generic white dudes mixed up. Um. There's supposed to be some footage out there of Ryan Reynolds' Deadpool. That's yeah, supposed yeah. to be really good. I haven't I think watched it. Just yet. a poster, maybe some, some stills. It it looks good, but I mean, it's nothing that impresses me all that much. I want to see a damn movie. I'd watch a Deadpool movie. I would too. I always loved Deadpool the comic. Well, I like those. You know, the uh, second tier characters. You know, yeah. Punisher has always been my favorite Marvel character. Or like Bishop. From uh, you know X Force, yeah, he was uh-huh. always he was always one of my favorites. Bishop and uh, like I always liked the guys that weren't number one. Like you know I always liked Wolverine, but who I really liked was Gambit. You know, who had like a really small role in one of the Wolverine. I think the the first Wolverine movie. Yeah, is that is that right? He was in that one. I think so. Origins. That's what, what it was. Wolverine Origins. Yeah, insert you know twelve. The one that had the blob in it. Subtitles. Oh yeah, and Sabretooth, man, Sabretooth could have been so awesome. One of my favorite villains in comics ever. And I thought that uh, whatever Levy, Leave Shrever, or whatever his name is, did did an okay job. I just I always want to see, you know, a, a big hulking dude play a big hulking character. You know, that's my complaint. I mean, I, I'm like a, a weirdo, but I'm always like they're not big enough. You know. That's what I always said about Hugh Jackman, but he's he's won me over over the years. Oh yeah, it's Wolverine. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I just said he wasn't, you know, he wasn't ripped enough, but he's he's gotten bigger as the yeah, movies have gone on. Yeah, he's been dedicated to that character. Sure. He absolutely has. 
Well, that has a lot to do with my respect for him for doing that. He he cares about the character. Whether the movies are good or not, you can tell he gives a crap about what yeah. he's doing. Uh, Lufer ain't no should come back as more big characters. I saw a picture of him. He's still a big old dude. And, uh, yeah, he is. He's still he's still on the juice, I think. Um, him and uh, Mark Ruffalo oh, yeah. together. Ruffalo's just like having to crane his neck to look at him. Ruffalo looks three feet tall. Yeah. You know, Luke Ferrigno is just... He's a little guy. You know, towering over him. But uh, I, I would love to see him as Hulk again just running around. Who, Luke Ferrigno? Yeah. That'll never fucking happen on any planet. That'd be awesome, though. I like to have just some sort of hallucination yeah. dream or some shit, and he's just running around just ripped. <laughs> you know, I hear Luke Ferrigno's a big asshole, too. I've talked really? to a bunch of people that have met him at conventions. They say he's a huge asshole. But, you know, I don't know. I've never met the guy. I know he's, he's got a hearing issue. Like yeah. Me. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, you know, I, I'm kind of off topic. An actor I never knew had hearing aids and had a hearing problem was, uh, oh, shit, what's his name? From Naked Gun. Why am I having problems? Oh, Leslie Nielsen? Yeah, Leslie Nielsen. Oh, wow. Yeah, he, he had a partial deafness. I can imagine that can be probably not nearly as much anymore, but it could probably be a stigma, in, you know, in Hollywood. I think everything was a stigma in Hollywood at one point, but you know, yeah, being a woman to a degree would have been a stigma. You being know? a Jew, you know, yeah, like half just, the dudes in Hollywood changed their names from, you know, yeah, Gold, Goldstein yeah. to you know Smith or whatever. So, or just Gold or yeah, and then John Wayne changed his name totally. What was his name before? Marion. That's right. Marion something. Marion Goldsmith. <laughs> yeah. Marion Schneiberg. Yeah, Goldsteinberg. <laughs> Goldsteinbrunner. Let's see. But, uh, let's see. I- I've watched a bunch of stuff lately. I haven't really been that impressed with anything I've seen. Uh, I think the movie I've liked the most I've seen is this uh, documentary called Downloaded. Have you heard about that? It's all about uh, Napster. Oh, the rise and fall of Napster. It's really cool. It's it's streaming on Netflix right now. A really oh, well made okay. documentary. It brought back a lot of memories because I was uh, when I was a freshman in college. It's kind of when Napster exploded, and I had access to the Ethernet. Yeah. So I was one of the people that was being bad or whatever, you know, in the movie. Oh, I did. I did the same thing. I downloaded the shit out of a bunch of music, but uh, it really brought back a lot of memories, and I. You know, loved it. I really don't think it hurt the music industry at all. You know, if anything, it it, it helped it, like they said in the movie. It, uh, you know, really, because I owned a lot of the shit that I downloaded already, you know, and if you'd find an artist that you like, you'd go buy the album, you know. So it, people were thinking that they were downloading music instead of buying it, which is what happens now. Yeah. But, uh, you know, back in those days, we still bought CDs, like, that was a big thing for me was music you know at that period of time Mm -hmm. in my life and it just really um it was just a really special thing for me because you know you go over to your buddy's storm room you know and he's downloading the shit out of music what you got you know oh that's a pretty cool song you know and I was into techno and all sorts of weird types of music and you can find just lots of cool like you know underground type shit on there which I don't know I didn't ever really see it as a negative thing but you know I don't know if you remember but Metallica it was one of the big oh, yeah. people that came yeah, out I against it. That. And what eventually happened out of that was if you had any Metallica songs in your Napster library, 
uh, they would uh, you were banned from Napster forever. So, I mean, all you'd have to do is go create a new username, but you lost all your music. Yeah. I mean, unless you had saved it on your hard drive. But uh, I was one of those people. I had like maybe one or two Metallica songs, and you know, you're talking to somebody who's who bought like every single Metallica CD, probably more than once. You know, in multiple formats, like cassette tapes, CDs. You know, I was a huge Metallica fan at one time. And uh, no more after that. I've, I've never paid for another Metallica anything after that because it was just a really. It, it showed that they were more interested in fattening their own pockets than the fans of their music. Yeah. And that's that's all it showed to me. You know, same with Dr. Dre. He was it was Metallica, Dr. Dre, and a few other Dixie Chicks. You know, a few other people that you know, Dixie Chicks hit, you know hits their wagon to a bunch of different causes around the you know around the time. But, I don't know. I enjoyed it a lot. I'd recommend it if you haven't seen it. Um, also saw Pyrokinesis again. Remember we talked about that oh. the last, I think the last podcast. We, we mentioned it briefly. Just because Cro- of the director. Crossfire is, I think, the title it's known by. Here. The other parts of the world. Yeah. It's. I think it's known as Pyrokinesis in the U.S. And everywhere else, it, it's English speaking, is uh, Crossfire. But, uh, not quite as good as I remembered, but uh, you know, still a still a fun watch. You never seen that one, have you? No, no, not yet. I he uh, that director between Gamma Three and the Godzilla movie, he did, did that movie. So I I just didn't see that one. I saw you probably heard about the movie Under the Skin. That's the, heard of it. been a big one right now. It's basically the big appeal to this movie is Charlotte jo- Scarlett Johansson being nude like for most of the movie which it's no you know nothing wrong with that but it uh it not didn't really hold up the movie to me this is like a really artsy movie like art house style oh yeah and it really people say it pays a lot of homage to uh, 2001 and stuff like that basically she's an alien that comes down and she wears uh alien skin and basically has sex with all these dudes and kills them in the process and species yeah, you could say that, but uh, it it just it wasn't there for me. I, you know, I can see how some people may have enjoyed it, but it just it felt very repetitive once they uh, got got going. She just basically, you know, hey, find a dude, take him back, and do this weird space thing, you know, and you know, sleep with him or not sleep with him, and then kill him, you know, whatever. And then uh, there was one part that that was pretty disturbing was this. This is a a real guy in uh, Scotland, I believe it is. So all the people are like really homely, you know. All the dudes are usually like just really jacked up looking in one way or another. And one guy is like he's got some sort of like elephantitis of the face or something. He looks really similar to like the Elephant Man or something. He's like really really deformed on his face, and it's uh, I don't know. You just feel really bad for him, you know. It's just really really sad that uh, that part of the movie, but. Uh, I don't know. It wasn't a bad movie in any way. I just felt like it may be a little overhyped. I mean, people are like saying it's the best thing ever, you know, the best best movie of the year and all this type of stuff. But you may want to check it out just for the you know sake of conversation. Well, I wonder how many, how much of that is uh, people grasping at straws, just for anything that has any glimmer of being good and all, like Snowpiercer. I want to see that. But yeah. I've heard a lot of good things, but you know, you know how that goes. 
I saw uh, the last two Indiana Jones movies again that I haven't seen. or I saw part four for the first time. You haven't seen it yet? No. Well, it's got uh, Shia LaBeouf in it. It sure does. And uh, that was that was probably the best part of the movie, I think. Well, what they need to do is retcon the other three yeah. and put Shia LaBeouf in I want, every bit of it. I want CGI Just LaBeouf walking around. everywhere. I want CGI LaBeouf in everything I ever see. With a bag over his head. In my field of vision. But uh, uh, it, it was actually a little better than I was expecting, considering all the you know the South Park episode and all the you know the huge amounts of hate for that movie. But you know I, I don't know I, I didn't really shit on it or anything. But you know it was it, it was watchable. I think I think I may go back and, and watch it again actually just to just keep watching it. Well, I, I mean I don't really remember the end of it. I think I may have fallen asleep or something. So. Or maybe you watched it and you just blocked it out. Yeah. When they even showing up. That may be true. But, uh, that's pretty much all I've watched of significance. Um, oh. Another one I revisited was uh, Jaws. Oh, yeah, yeah. And Perhaps um, you've heard of this one. I went on a uh, vacation to the beach and for some reason I had to watch Jaws afterward. And, uh, it's better to watch it before you... I mean... You know, after you go, then, then before you Yeah, go. yeah, exactly. But, um, I love it. I think the part of it, when they get out in the orca with Quint and go hunting for the shark, oh, yeah. that last half of that is some of the best cinema I've ever Absolutely. seen. Absolutely. Uh, that's not knocking the first half at all. Yeah. It's just, then, it's just yeah. perfect just by itself. These three dudes yeah. trying to catch this bastard, you know. It's almost like a microcosm of uh, Moby Dick. And uh, Robert that's, Shaw is so great. I think that's what they were going for. Yeah, uh, oh, I'm Dick. sure. Yeah. Uh, what Spielberg was going for. Uh, yeah, and the uh, you know the special features on that Blu-ray are really good. Yeah, I haven't gotten a chance to watch them all. The watch that, and then the um, what is it? The, the making of Jaws. That's like two hours long. I know. And then the other one is uh, the is that the new one the making the, the making of is the new one. I don't know if it's new because see, uh, Roy Shotter's in it. Okay. Several people in it that are dead now, like Dick Zanuck. He's okay. at. Uh, I think it came out for a prior release. But uh, what's the one? It's called like the the shark still works or something like that. That's on there too. Okay, I want to see that. Oh, uh, that's the other one I think. That's uh, really good. I know there there was a new one that was put out just for the the new Blu-ray um, release. That may have been. I don't know. That, that may be it. It's, I don't think I I did pick it up on DVD, but I don't remember the special features. I know the the original one you're talking about was on the DVD, or maybe maybe on the Laserdisc even. So I know that that Laserdisc had a had a great release on it too. Um, I talk about how the show looks like shit and all that but it doesn't bother me at all I don't think it looks that bad I still don't no it's I, well it's it um I think it's because Spielberg took something that was broken and used it well yeah you know of course it's more effective when you don't see it oh absolutely but uh like that's that clip we watched like an hour ago of the end of Jaws of Revenge oh Jesus that was uh the original that was awesome the shark just sitting out of the water like on its fin like standing there I don't know what to say about that man. I want to watch that whole thing again 
That old movie again? Yes. I don't. I need to. I just want to watch a, a loop of that ending. Ten hours of that? <laughs> There's lots of that shit on YouTube where people will take like some little short piece of video oh, no. for like, why? why? I don't know. I don't. And know. it's got tons of views on it. Well, and then this, the end scene of that's all in slow-mo, like you were saying. Yeah. yeah. And the shark is, like, howling and all that. Yeah. It's just... He roars like a lion, I think. Yeah. The entire movie. But, uh, yeah, just... I, I want to get that, uh, you know, related to Jaws, that uh, ornament that's out now. That Hallmark yeah, ornament. Yeah. That looks really good. It's a Jaws shark, just to describe it for people. It's a shark with... Two of the barrels coming out of his back. Mm-hmm. And you push a button on the bottom of it and it plays a theme. Oh, wow. And it sounds really good. It's loud. Yeah. You know, it's not like, you know, a little shitty sound bite. It's good for the size. It's uh, the Hallmark? Yeah. Is it like the size of a regular ornament? It's about that big. It's yeah. a little bit bigger than it, a regular ornament. It's got a lot of detail in it. It's uh, it's $17 for that. That's not bad for it. It's not bad. Uh, so I might get that... You know, I don't get ornaments often, but I might get that one. I was impressed with that one. Yeah. You may start collecting uh Well, you know, I ornaments. would, but some of them, uh, just the quality isn't good on some of that. Oh, I, yeah. They have one for the uh, new Godzilla. Oh, that's got a sound clip on there. Roars, you know, it's roars. Sounds good, but the paint looks like crap. He's yeah. got eyes that look like, he's got tiny blister eyes. Yeah. And then little dabs for teeth. Googly eyes? Yeah. You need to go find that Chinese boy that made that. You give him a stern talking to you. I just... You need to work on your painting skills, youngie. Yeah, Doc is paying yeah. for five cents to like no, two pennies. No rice for you. Uh, no rice. Um, but they were supposed to release an alien, a xenomorph. Uh, ornament and uh, Cornelius from Planet of the Apes. Cool. I didn't see either one of those. Uh, Is it the same company putting these out? Yeah. Just all it was all the same. The first ad I saw with all that on there with the shark and Godzilla and all that had all those. But when I looked in the Hallmark they had the Frankenstein monster Godzilla and uh, Jaws. You know it's probably a seasonal thing. Like they'll probably release them as the year goes on maybe closer to Christmas. Maybe. You know that's how they do their special shit, whatever. I'm not real familiar with ornaments, but well, you want to go ahead and get into Frankenhooker here. You can oh, give sure. me your thoughts on this. Is a movie that that I recommended to Dale, and we watched the uh, the Blu-ray release of this uh, a couple weeks ago. I'm trying to find the box here. It, uh, oh, just trying to figure out who released it. Yeah, it is Synapse. Okay, I was thinking it was, um, but. Uh, yeah, those of you that aren't that aren't familiar, this is a, a film directed by Frank Hanlotter, and it is uh, basically about a uh, uh, this guy who basically takes his girlfriend and a bunch of uh, a bunch of prostitutes and makes this uh, you know like the title suggests a Frankenhooker. It's uh, you know he he is successful, but his uh, girlfriend or wife, whatever she is, she's not as uh, not quite as submissive as he was expecting and not, not really like uh, he remembers. She's more of a prostitute than, than his girlfriend. So She's got attributes of all of those hookers. Yeah, yeah. Um, He's got the uh, the light or the 
what is it, the brand, the Zorro, a big Z on there? On yeah, their, for, oh god, for that brought it up, dude. And, uh, why don't you just give me your initial thoughts of it, because we haven't really talked about it. I liked it, it was fun, you know, it was a good fun movie from that time. Um, now I'm not going to knock the special effects, it was, yeah. it's a whole budget movie anyway, that's part of the charm. Yeah. For something like that. The girl who plays the title character, I thought, did yeah. really well. I forgot her name here. Uh, she only did a couple of movies. Is it uh, Patty Mullen, I believe. She was like a penthouse pet or something like that. Yeah. Uh, you, uh, you were looking her up, I think, while we were watching it. and uh, Yeah, she she seems like a, a really cool person to meet. She, she does a lot of conventions, and she's really... Uh, you know, really all about playing the part. And she really went all in, man. She really oh, gave she it her did. all to... I mean, she did a great job. I think she was probably the best part of the movie, her her performance. Um, she was a uh, play, pet of the month in, in August of 1986, issue of uh, Penthouse. Okay. So that would have been just like a few years before they started. Yeah. I guess they filmed in 88, 89. I think, because we okay. saw... There was a movie on the market. Batman. It was a Batman, oh, Batman. thing. Okay. So it was Times Square or something. It was 89, right? And then yeah. Batman came out? So I think that, that came out July of 89. It stayed in theaters for a long ass time, so I guess it could have been early 90s. Early 1990, but... Um. What? The thing I really remember about it, though, is the accents. The Jersey accents oh, that man. they had. They really, really laid it on thick, didn't they? Yeah, they really did. Um, well, at the beginning of the film, the... Uh, I forget the, her, her name in the movie. Uh, I think it was Elizabeth. She she's wearing like a fat suit. And she's got a huge ass. Yeah, I mean it's. A, I mean she's made to look like a fat woman, and she talks about you know she needs to lose weight and everything. And then she, the uh, the boyfriend uh, Jeffrey Franklin has made this. Uh, it's like an, a remote control lawnmower or something for her mm-hmm. father's birthday or whoever's birthday it is. And this damn thing like run runs over her and basically just chops everything up except for the head. Yeah. So, uh, you know, she's supposed to be some fat person before who always wanted to be skinny, and now he's going to yeah. give her the body she always wanted—the body of a whore. Well, it's weird the parts of her that survive though. It's like a big toe. Yeah. A yeah. foot and like just random shit. He had him in that big vat of uh, whatever estrogen shit he called it, the, like estrogen ooze. Yeah, that the purple that stuff shit that kept her alive, which really added to the color palette of the film. That and yeah. you know many yeah, other yeah. things added to the purple elements of the film. You know that that part of it really reminded me a lot of. Uh, Reanimator mm-hmm. and uh, From Beyond, you know those two movies. You can say you know Reanimator's green and From Beyond is purple, just because that's how the color palettes are. This mm-hmm. this movie was kind of similar in that it's it was purple throughout the movie. Well, I noticed it was it was really bright. Yeah, you know you had that Cyclops brain thing he had. Oh yeah, at the beginning as that well. Was, that was pretty cool. It was just, it wasn't really gritty, I guess, just in the filming the way they made it. Even though some of the areas that they filmed it in, like yeah. the uh, the I guess the brothel, yeah, just look like shit. Yeah. Oh man, you know they were driving around looking at actual prostitutes. Oh, I like that one dude, like the first guy she's with. He's that old older businessman guy, and he's oh, just geez. so he's so excited to be with this woman. That's that. Yeah, that's one of the more disturbing parts in the movie. Yeah. Oh man, this this it's like this old man that that goes to to fuck the Frankenhooker after you know she's the Frankenhooker, 
And uh, whenever she fucks somebody, they explode, right? Yeah. Because of the electricity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know, pretty, that pretty funny scene. That other guy tries to go down on her, and it just electrocutes yeah, him. Yeah. Like sets him on fire or yeah. something. Yeah. And then you had Zoro come in and punch her head. Oh yeah, well, Zoro's the Zoro's the the king pimp in this movie, and it's like this like roided up dude who is uh, the pimp. He's He's pretty awesome himself. He uh, he's a great actor. But uh, so, what do you think about uh, the uh, Super Craig? Big oh, fan God. of the Super Craig. That huge. It was like you know two pound rocks right. on it, and all the hookers start smoking it just oh. immediately. Yeah, it was. Uh, I'll say that was inspired. Yeah, the way they did that. That's, I think that's my favorite part of the movie is the Super Craig. When all these like crackheaded whores like see this bag of crack, man, yeah. their eyes light up. And just flip out over it. All of them start smoking it. And uh, what what Jeffrey does is he, you know, he's he's trying to find a way to get these hookers, and you know, basically make them explode. I think was his objective, right? So it'd be, he just wanted parts. Yeah, he just wanted the body parts. So uh, he gets all works. these. He works out an arrangement with Zorro the pimp, and they get all these hookers to go and. You know, apparently he's going to play doctor and just look at them. But they find this bag of crack, which he's he's developed himself in his lab in his garage and mm-hmm. tests out on his, like, guinea pig. Yeah, and, it was funny when he did it to the guinea pig. And blows some smoke on the guinea pig and he explodes. So, uh, but I think the cool part about the, uh, the, the super crack scene is they, uh, they actually did full body cast of all these hookers. Because we watched some of the uh, the making of after we watched the movie, and uh, it's the when you watch the making of it, the busts look really good. I think. I mean, they look better than you'd think, you know, because they did. Yeah. I mean, they did full body cast, and then they made a bust of them, so it was their body. And then they did the you know the stop, and they inserted the the uh, the bust, and then it made it explode. But it wasn't like a real gory explosion because of the sensors. It was a. Uh, more like Roman candles yeah, and stuff. Yeah, Roman everywhere. candles, exactly. Like sparks flying. Yeah. But uh, I thought that was really interesting. And I I was really surprised how good they looked in the special features because, I mean, I think it looked okay on the you know the movie itself, but, you know, you could definitely tell it was an insert shot. Yeah. If they'd done it now where there was like blood and guts explosions, I think it would work a lot better. Oh, probably. But definitely. I, you know, I'm just kind of surprised they didn't a more gory thing like uh, it was because of censors is what they well, said that they wouldn't, they wouldn't what I think about is Evil Death too. that was gory I mean blood yeah. everyone but it was yeah. like it was so much you know well keep in mind this is 90 what year was Evil Dead 2 88 so I mean I don't know because that's rated R right it's gotta be yeah. rated R it's rated R they were really concerned about a theatrical release apparently but maybe it's because on top of the nudity and all that. Well, says so this is not rated. Oh, well. But, uh... Yeah, that's lots of titties in it, so we'll just go with that. Yeah, I mean, not not really any desirable titties either. Well, they're, they're hookers. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess that's the point, but... Something I was going to mention about, you know, you are talking about when they were driving around the streets of New York, I think it was supposed to be. Because uh, he was, they would go between New Jersey and New York. I think he yeah. went across the bridge to get his prostitutes and yeah. then went back to yeah, New Jersey. That's, 
That's where and all that took place. It felt really gritty and it felt real. It reminded me of how New York was back then, you know, before Giuliani cleaned everything yeah. up. You know, it was just a piece of shit cesspool where, uh, you know, it reminded me of like Taxi Cab Confessions. I don't know if you ever saw that show. But, uh, on like HBO? An, an HBO documentary. You know, I saw some of it when we'd have free HBO all weekends. But it just kind of reminded me of that. I, you know, I'd watch that back in the day, hoping there'd be a boob somewhere. Very just, rarely did it happen. I mean, it was, your weekend wasn't complete until you saw a boob. It was, all, it was all boobs. Like scrambled Playboy. All boobs all the time. Man, I remember that as a kid. With uh, Scramble Playboy. Oh, man. Now, I know a lot of other guys had the same experience with that. Just oh, yeah. Cable trying to scramble that. You'd wait like every five minutes. You had catch you on a good day when the antenna yeah. was just right or whatever. Yeah. And you would hope it was on something you'd recognize yeah. that was like risque. You know, it's usually a nipple. You know, I'll tell you, just hanging there. I saw a boob. Uh, you know, I was disappointed. I had to wait like 30 minutes because usually it was like oh, a knee or an elbow. It was uh, Channel Twenty One. I remember that. Yeah. And this, it didn't show up on your on your television unless, like, if you had an older TV. Because I know I had a newer TV at one point that was, uh, like, it would do a blue screen if it wasn't a yeah. picture. You remember that? Yeah, I do. And I was then, very disappointed. <laughs> if, if that blue screen showed something else, though, it was awesome. But very rarely did it. But uh, now, if you had an older TV that didn't do the blue screen thing, it would it would easily. Well, if I remember correctly, sometimes when it was scrambled too bad, it'd go to the blue screen. Yeah. But then when the picture would clear up just a little bit, it would show it a little bit. Yeah. And uh, that's just the price of progress, I guess. Less scrambled muffs. <laughs> Last three months. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, we can go ahead and get back into uh, muff, muffs everywhere. Yeah, Isn't that muffs. what you're talking about? Axel Rose getting a stomach phone. More down on so many moths. So much hair. <laughs> Too much semen, Axel Rose. Too much semen. Um, <laughs> I'll take a little sidebar there, guys. But uh, we're back here talking about Frankenhooker. Um, of course, you know, Frankenhooker was uh, directed by Frank Hennenlauter, who, uh, you know, did Basket Case 1, 2, and 3, and also Brain Damage. Brain Damage is probably my favorite one of his films that, that he's done, but. Uh, yeah, we saw the Blu-ray release of this, uh, the, the Synapse put out. It's actually a, a 2K high-definition transfer. I, I thought the transfer looked great. Yeah, it looked uh, good. For, you know, for a movie that old and, you know, for a lower-budget movie like mm-hmm. this. But it did kind of expose, you know, quite a few of the blemishes that, uh, you know, these, these films do. You know, I think we've talked about before. Uh, you, know, you take a film that's on VHS or whatever and you watch it and, you don't notice a lot of the strings and a lot of the oh, you know, yeah. the, the makeup stuff. So the uh, special effects really, uh, they weren't quite there for me like they used to be when I'd seen this film previously. But, uh, but I still love the film. I think it's I think it's great. It's a great uh, great horror comedy. It really reminds you of the you know late '80s, early '90s. Perfect, perfect example of the crazy shit that was out around that period of time. Mm-hmm. It's a good late night movie. Oh, perfect, for, perfect for that, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, is there anything else you wanted to mention about it? it uh, about the film? Anything I, else you enjoyed? I honestly can't think of anything at the moment. Just, uh, it's just the accents that really stuck out to me. Just <laughs> how strong and thick they were. Right. 
not, not that I have anything against a Jersey accent, but it's just like, you know, I want to make a, a movie like that here yeah. and get people from, you know, just just thick redneck accents yeah. talking, which is exactly what I would do. To do a Jersey accent? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that, that would be pretty awesome. Well, that's, that's just funny. And, and it added to the charm of the movie. Sure. I don't know if they meant to do that or not, but yeah, it was fun. <laughs> I'm sure it was intentionally bad. Because this, this whole... I mean, everything in this movie is intentionally bad. Oh, they embraced it. It's, yeah, it's, a, it's the, the B-movie that's supposed to be a B-movie. You know what it is. You know, it's self-aware. Which I, I think it was just awesome. This, uh the whole deal you know with the the whole uh, Frankenstein transformation I think was pretty cool you know when he uh, didn't he like hoist her up in the on that big thing when when that lightning strike you know just like you know Frankenstein but. yeah he goes like dude when you first see it it looks like it goes about 200 feet oh, yeah, in the air absolutely. you know and it's not you know it comes back down she's standing on it it's not nearly that high. Yeah, it's up, like twenty feet in there. It's like the roof of his uh, yeah. shed or whatever. It's like right, yeah, you know, right above it. Yeah. And then you have the uh, imposed, the superimposed lightning. Yeah. You know, um, as bad as that looks, I think it does add to the film. You know, it really it does. gives it that, that look. Um, but uh, yep, yeah, guys, that, that's pretty much it. Uh, Frankenhooker, I highly recommend it for what it is. You know, if you dig the uh, horror comedy style of film. You know, which I think you've gotten into. Horror comedy? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I want to see Blackenstein. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of those I haven't seen. Uh, I've seen Blackula. One and two, those are pretty good. Have you seen the, the Blunch Black of Bloater Blame? What? The Blunch Black of Bloater Blame. <laughs> That's a Simpsons <laughs> reference. The Simpsons had that on there. Oh, no. I think it was on one of the Treehouse of Horrors. Oh, no, I haven't seen that, no. Right, I haven't even seen Treehouse of Horrors in years. Oh, this is old. That's an awesome title, I've always thought. That always cracks me up. Blackula, Blackenstein, The Blummy, Blunch Black of Blood or Blame. <laughs> Alright, guys, well, I guess we're just going to go ahead and cut it off here. And uh, thanks for watching, as always. And, uh... If you have any comments, please go and put, put them on our uh, Twitter. That's two peas on a pod at uh, Twitter. That is the number two. And uh, yeah, we'll talk to you next time.